Welcome to Amplify, the Revolution Her podcast, dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and amplifying women's voices globally. is a fierce collective of women who are ready to live the lives they always dreamed they would. Together, our strength as a community of inspiring and ambitious women is truly unstoppable. I'm Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her. And I'm your co-host, Grace Moores, founding partner of Revolution Her. Today, we'll be talking about doing it like a mother with a dear friend and supporter of ours, the always inspiring Julie Cole. <laughs> okay, so the best word to describe this woman is moxie. I, I just I have to say it. And wow, does she ever have a lot of it? Julie Cole is a recovered lawyer, a mom of six. Yes, I said six, and a co-founder of Mabel's Labels. She's helped her company bring their product to a worldwide market, gain media recognition, and win countless entrepreneur awards. Julie is a passionate entrepreneur, published author, regular television contributor, (laughs) keynote speaker, and engaged community member and volunteer. And we're just going to say it. She's an all-around awesome human. Please help us welcome Julie Cole. Wow, that was a very kind and generous introduction. Hi, (laughs) you guys are the best. Thank you. Uh, We're so thrilled to have you here with us. And we get to actually sit down and chat. Usually when we're together, we're running around at an event and it's like, you know, a couple of spurts of energy here, and then we have to go and do other things. So this is really fun. Just us, just the girls. I love it. I love this opportunity. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) Always. So we're going to start today by talking and going way back to the beginning. We want our listeners um, to just know how amazing you are. So can you kick off by telling us how and where the journey to creating Maple's Label started? Okay, well, we are going in the way back machine because believe it or not, Mabel's Labels, we just celebrated our 19th birthday. Wow. And you know, it's one of those things like it just, it it feels like just yesterday we were in the basement making the labels, you know? Um, And then in some ways it feels like it was a million years ago, right? (laughs) Time does that. Um, So yeah, 19 years ago. Wow. Um, So I, I think like any business, um, when you when you go to launch, you have to understand your why. And we had two whys, um, why Mabel's Label started. The first why was because there was a product missing from the market. We were young moms and we were using masking tape and permanent marker to label our kids' stuff, but it didn't work and we were losing things and everybody had the same stuff and it was getting mixed up. So we thought, heck, um, you know, like good entrepreneurial mamas, uh, you know, we thought, well, if there's not a product out there, maybe we should create it. So that was the one why behind Mabel's Labels. The second why was because at that time, I had just uh, had my three-year-old, he had just turned three and he had been diagnosed with autism. And um, 
you know, at that point, I wanted to leave the traditional workforce. I'm, we joke, I'm a recovered lawyer. Um, he also already had two younger siblings. So I was a busy mom anyway. Um, but he received his autism diagnosis. And I knew that the traditional workforce wasn't going to sue me. I wanted to be able to advocate for him. I wanted to set up a program for him and, you know, leave it to kids to like, you know, we think we have plans and then they come along and change them. So that's, uh, that's what, that's what he did. And so here we are now he's, uh, you know, now he's 22 and he's you know at university and he's got his driver's license he was you know away this weekend with all his buddies at the cottage and so he's done uh he's done really great as as mabel's has grown and thrived so has my son amazing awesome and you know six kids along the way too right so you were able to do all of this and you know we're gonna dive deep into all those questions because You know, you think it's such a simple notion at the beginning of something to say, this is missing, I'm going to make it. But I love that you shared the two whys, because it's true, it has to fit into your life, right? It does. And you know, the thing that I really learned early on was that I did have it being an entrepreneur did provide flexibility. So, you know, I could drive my son to his appointments. I could go to the park with the babies. I could, you know, do those things. Once they were in school, I could volunteer to go to the apple orchard for, you know, in the fall. Um, But flexibility doesn't get your work done for you. So while it's all fine and dandy, you will be hunched over your laptop at midnight to do the things that you weren't able to do in the afternoon when you were, you know, with the kids and, and living, you know, living, living that life. So it's, um, it's not as glamorous as it maybe perhaps appears on the outside, <laughs> as you too well know. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And that actually brings us, leads us great into our next question that, you know, being super busy, six kids, author, volunteer, advocate, plus there's lots of other stuff that you do as well. I know that everyone's asking, how do you manage it all? So what tips can you share with us today about how we can manage and try mother load managing yeah. the mother load that, yes yeah the mother load for sure yeah um look i um there's there's a couple of things that i do really really well the first is that i say no a lot um and i think women are notoriously bad at this and i think it's we all have to lift our game so i say no to my children um, I say no to people at work. I say no to, oh, pretty much anyone. I don't discriminate. I will say no to, to all the people. So, so that might look like this. So, you know, my kid comes home and says, mom, I need, you know, two dozen cupcakes tomorrow for school. Absolutely not. Like that, that will never happen. I would like mm-hmm. laugh. Do you, are you new here? Have we just met? I'm never going to do that. And, you know, what I say to my kids often, and I do want people to write this down and use this line is your lack of planning does not constitute my emergency. And, you know, I've said that before. I say that all the time. Love it. So, you know, if my kids haven't planned, that doesn't follow me and I have to be highly productive. So I can't do all the things for them. I don't chase them around and, and, and follow up with them. They have to be independent and short-term easy is long-term hard. So I trained them from a, quite a young age to be very, very independent. Um, and so an, an example of another no for my kids is if they forget their lunch, if they go to school without their lunch, I don't bring it to them. Mm-hmm. And um, it, and it's not a punishment. It's just natural consequence. You know, if you forget your lunch, you don't eat. Go find an apple, you know, bum a granola bar off a sibling, whatever. Again, that's not, that can't be a my problem. Otherwise, I would spend my 
days running around after these kids for all the things they forgot. And the thing I learned is they only forget their lunch once because, you know, they, they, they don't want to go hungry. So, um, so those sorts of things, uh, I, I say no a lot to, um, you know, I, I do as an entrepreneur, I, I get a lot of people saying, I want to pick your brain and I love sharing what I've learned, but I'll tell you this, it got to the point where I felt like, I felt like I was becoming a consultant and I'm like, I got to make labels and raise babies, you know, like I, this is not my job. So my nose actually look a lot more like boundaries. So rather than going for a coffee four times a day with four different people, letting them pick my brain, instead I set up a situation where I'll sit at the coffee shop uh, for the morning once every six weeks and people can book a time with me. And if they can't book in that time, I don't make it up for them the next day. They can book with me six weeks later and do it then, you know? So that way I feel like I'm giving back, but I'm still productive and getting my own stuff done. So I think no's are a beautiful thing. Um, You know, we all have these great to-do lists, all the things that we want to get done. I would challenge everyone to to, to write a do not do list. What are you doing? that you shouldn't be doing? Like, what can you get a virtual assistant to do? What can you be delegating out? What can your kids be doing? Little thing on my do not do list, I don't unstack the dishwasher. You know what? That's not my time well spent. I've got a little guy with like, he's neurodiverse. I'm better off spending some time with him working on his executive functioning and getting one of his five older siblings to unstack a dishwasher. I value my time and I use it where I'm, where I'm most valued. So I do. So saying no a lot um, is is really really important. I would encourage everyone to practice that. Um, I could go on and on about all the other things. The other thing I will say though is is to get help. Um, you know, I got a nanny when my fifth kid turned one. That was three kids too late. Um, get the help. Get somebody in cleaning your house. And, you know, I, I, I hear y'all, it's expensive. Start feeding your kids more craft dinner and pay for the cleaner. It's worth it. It's cheaper than marriage therapy. And it's, you know, it's so, it just will ease your mind. It will ease the family stress. So if you can outsource anything, just do it. Oh my I gosh. I, I just <laughs> love how you just get rid of all of that guilt. Like listening to you, I feel like all the guilt just. Oh yeah. Look, look, Grace, I'm telling you, I gave up guilt five kids ago. Mom guilt (laughs) is gone five kids ago. Because you know what? I realized it didn't serve me. Like, what is it useful for? Like, what does it do? It does nothing. It's not proactive. It's like lying in bed and stewing, being awake about a mistake. When I screw up, I'm like, Hey kid, I could have done better. I, I, this is what I learned from that. And I'm going to do better next time. And the bonus of like, being apologetic and learning and, and moving on is the no guilt yeah, and, and the learnings, but also I'm role modeling that there's no shame in making mistakes. So my kids also, they don't lie or hide when they make a mistake. They're like, oh man, I, you know, I did this. I'll be like, oh dude, what could you have done better or what even better? Like we always autopsy situations. What went well, even better if, yeah. and there's no, there's no shame in that. So role modeling and, and normalizing making mistakes also makes your kids take more risks. And we want, like, if you, you know, entrepreneurial parents often have entrepreneurial kids, right? And so we want them not, not, not to be like risk adverse and, and being able to, to make mistakes allows for that. Yeah. So it's so true though. And, you know, for anyone listening out there, whether you're a mom or not, a parent or not, you know, it is this thing where we feel this need to please others, do things for others and put ourselves last. And, you know, I'm, 
I'm hoping that everyone else listening, because we've, you know, Julie, you've been part of our community for a long time, and we've been fortunate enough to hear your wisdom um, over the years. But for anyone who's just kind of tapping into this now, really, your words stick. There's times where I'm about to go and drop off a lunch that's been forgotten, and you do. You literally pop into my head. Yeah. And you know what? Julie sold her company for $12 million. She knows what she's doing. So it, <laughs> it does. It pops into my head all the time. That, so that's awesome. Well, you know what? And this is the thing. I mean, and this is what I love about your community. I think, you know, the whole point of it is like, let's be there for each other, share what we know. You know, I always say your network is your net worth, you know, and this is a good one. So, you know, of course, I'm 19 years in. Like, I've learned a few things. If I can make the journey just a little bit easier and I'm learning from, you know, I'm learning from people all the time as well. So it is, it, it goes, it goes both ways and it's, it's so valuable. That's amazing. Oh, well, it is. And it you is. packaged it all up. Let's talk about your book because I'm so thrilled that you've been able to put it all together. So your new book is out. Congratulations. Yes, yes it is. I love this title too. Like a mother birthing businesses, babies, and a life beyond labels. So Let's talk a little bit about that and what the process has been like for you as a newly published author. It's been going well. Yeah. Look, um, it has. Okay, so we just had the launch and uh, it went it went really well. It became an Amazon bestseller in the first twenty four hours. I know. I was like, it was so funny. I don't know if you saw my Facebook. Like, I, I did a screenshot of like my book yes. in number one and Elon Musk's book yes. in number two, yes. and I'm like. Dude, I'm coming for Twitter next. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would make Twitter so much better. <laughs> so <laughs> I know people are like, please do. And I'm like, I'm yeah. joking. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually so funny too, because when you're Maria, when you were saying like how things I say stick, I've got this friend. Actually, she's a lawyer friend, and she um she just keeps messaging me. And my email keeps popping up. She's like, Oh my gosh. Oh, I needed this. Oh, and she'll like just keep quoting little bits from my book. Being like, I, you know, kind of like the, I'm never dropping off a school lunch again. I'm chasing around my 15 year old. I'm ridiculous. This is what I needed to hear right now. So it is, um, it is, a, it is just full of, uh, you know, stories. Um, it's uh, life hacks, business hacks, parenting hacks. And again, the inspiration there was really just trying to make mom's life easier. You know, if, if somebody's kind of embarking, whether you have a business or you're parenting, or you're just looking for some, you know, a light read that's got some good takeaways. Um, you know, this is, this is the book for you, Uh, but it's funny, you know, when you ask about the process, I didn't enjoy the process as much as I thought I would. Um, and I got to say though, like I had a, my editor is awesome. My publisher's awesome. And they were so, so, so helpful throughout the process. So they made it pretty dang easy. But I think for somebody who's been blogging for like what, 17 years, yeah. I'm used to writing things in like 400, 500 word blobs, right? Like, and articles like, like, so yeah. to, to then have to do like, you know, 60,000, 80,000 words. It, um, yeah, it was a little, it is a little overwhelming. And and the other thing that I kind of related it to was, you know, like when you're at university, you have a term paper due or you have exams coming up (laughs) and no matter what you're else you're doing, no matter what else you're doing, you're kind of like, I should be working on that term. paper. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
So that's what I had. Like I could be at the cottage with the kids thinking I should be writing the book. I could be, you know, yeah. out for lunch with you, Maria. I should be writing the book. I, all the things I was doing, I could be working. I should be writing the book. So it was this little naggy thing, but I can tell you then there was no better relief than when, you know, yeah. it's at last and when it's done, there's no relief. Like, but the relief was actually a little bit short-lived because then you're super nervous. And you're like, I hope people like my book. You know, it's like, <laughs> friends don't let friends write bad books. <laughs> it's true. It's true. No, and but whatever comes from you, we know, like the people who are already in your circle, you've just, you've always been a giver. You've always, you know, we need help with something. Julie's there. We yeah. need someone to come and hype us up. Julie's there. <laughs> so it's only natural that your community would rally around you too, because you know, that's what we do together. Right. Uh, and that's exactly what happened the rallying. And that, that felt awesome. And now that, you know, and you know, so many people are reading it now and I'm getting commentary and, Love and it, it was so funny because I had, I actually had um, my sister who can be a little bit savage. So I had her do one of the edits too. Cause I was like, if there's anything cringy in there, she'll tell me, she, she, you know, yeah, you need or, that honest feedback. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause she's just a little bit like, Oh, Julie, you're just a bit much. Right. Like that's, <laughs> and, and it, so she was perfect. So she read it. She's like, I love it. She made some edits, but she was like, so I was like, okay, if this got past mayor, my sister mayor, then I, I, I'm good. And, you're and, good. She did provide edits actually to the editor and the editor was like, you know what? We're going to take this because your sister knows your voice better than us. Yeah. You know, yeah, she knows. Yeah. So it was, it was great feedback. So I, once it, once it passed the merit test, I felt a lot better. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Okay. So if you haven't gotten Julie's book yet, go find it on Amazon and you can find it in bookstores. Um, yeah. Go. go to Indigo. You can go to YGT media. Who's the publisher. Um, Kohl's, Barnes and Noble, any bookseller, just go online, order it there, and it'll turn up in your mailbox. <laughs> yeah, love it. I am super Yay. excited to read it. Very excited. yeah, yeah. Well, it's you're going to be a the- storyteller. Like it's it's just for me, it's a no brainer. It's going to be yes. great. You can almost hear my voice, you know, yeah. when you're reading it. And I am actually going to do an audio as well. I got to record Ooh. an audio. Oh, that again. Be I'm not looking, <laughs> which I'm not looking forward to doing because I'm like. I don't want to look at this book once more, quite frankly. <laughs> to read my own words. Times. Yeah. To read my own words is going to be torture. <laughs> well, you already lived it all too, right? <laughs> right. But I will say but you from can a have listener, some fun with it and you can oh, yeah. sort of you know, yeah. add in a few bits, which which is always good when you have an audio book because it's you true. do get some some added extras in there mm-hmm. that yeah. Don't necessarily make it to the book, so definitely, yeah. So I'm That's I'm procrastinating on that, but this summer I'll get the audio done because yeah, a lot of people do. do want a lot of people do want the audio, right? Yeah. Like a lot of because a lot of people then like when they're on their walks, they can throw their earbuds in or yeah. you know. That's yeah. So it People just provides another books in so many different ways these days. Exactly. Yeah. And I also for like accessibility, you know, for yeah. people who maybe um, aren't readers or, you know, so I, I love that it, it is, it makes it more accessible to people yeah, too. For sure. For sure. Oh, I'm going to move on a bit now. So we, uh, Maria mentioned earlier on that you and your partners have sold Mabel's labels. You're still with Mabel's labels um, and you're building your own brand brand now and have been for a while. What recommendations would you give for other women who are looking to build their own personal brand for themselves? So, um, so here's the thing. Like, I think I'm a strong believer in, in having a personal brand. Um, you know, the brand of Julie Cole elevates the brand of Mabel's Labels and it makes Mabel's Labels not a nameless, faceless corporation. And I know our market of moms 
they don't want to buy from a nameless, faceless corporation. They want to buy from somebody who's just like them, right? So, you know, those early days, and that again, that's why I was blogging. I wasn't blogging about labels. I was blogging about, you know, raising a kid with autism, raising a bunch of kids, trying to get through the day without smelling like baby vomit. It's all about relatability. And I do think that having a strong personal brand is what's going to differentiate you in the marketplace as well. It's going to separate you from your competitors. And like I said, with our market, they don't want to buy from some big corporation. They want to buy from somebody like them. Um, so I think you know, developing your personal brand um, is it's not just for the Steve Jobs, Martha Stewart's. It's for everyone because you are your you are your business is personal. And you are your business. And those two things, you know, intertwine so very much. And I always think, you know, everything you do is either contaminating or contributing to your personal brand. So with every social media post, with every podcast, with whatever you do. And look, I know some people, you know, it came very natural to me because of my personality, right? So of course I was like gonna be the face of Mabel because I'm I'm out there, right? And um but I, I do ha- I do have some entrepreneur friends who you know are maybe a little more introverted or a little bit like less likely to put themselves out there and you know the problem is is that you know visibility creates c- credibility creates loyalty creates business right so yeah. you see that direct chain Absolutely. so e- even if you're not you know it, it just challenge yourself maybe put it in your goals that I'm going to attend one networking event a month I'm going to you know I always say you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable you got to you know we've got this big sign in our office at Mabel's if you're not living on the edge you're taking up too much damn space you know so pull yourself out there a bit um maybe challenge yourself to a you know ask to go on a podcast you know put yourself as a guest maybe you're not you don't want to talk so maybe see if you can write an article, say, I'll write a blog post for you. You know, do I'll be on an Insta Live with another brand, work on collaborations, you know? And that's the thing too, when you, when you do, do create this credibility, um, you're going to get synergies with other, yeah. you know, you guys are all about the collaborations. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. It's a and huge like, thing. It's huge. And like, it gets you in front of somebody else's um, audience. So, you know, you might want to work with a non-competing brand that is in the same space. So for me, like, maybe I want to work with Nita from Dalcini Stainless. Guess what? A lot of people buy her stuff because they send it to their kids, to their school lunches, their kids. Guess what? They want to get their beautiful um, Dalcini stuff back. So put a Mabel's labels on that. So, hey, Nita, why don't we do a cross promo? You know, your people get 20% off. My people get 20% off. I get in front of your people. You get in front of my people. Bam. So I think, you know, when you, again, it's about credibility and and visibility is what leads to that. So I would say, again, if this is not something you're super comfortable with, sit down, have a conversation with somebody like me about how to evolve that personal brand in a way that you're comfortable and just set some, some, some little goals for yourself to move the needle. And guess what? It gets easier. It it's it like a muscle, easier. isn't it? You have to keep it. It really is. And I you get you get better. Yeah. I, I agree. And I do think people lost a bit of that through COVID. You know, yeah. they lost a bit of their nerve of like, you know, I'm I'm fine walking into a room being like, hey, I'm Julie, whatever. A lot of people are not comfortable doing that. So find a friend to go with you to a thing. Find another business owner who can be your like network buddy when you go to an event. Yeah. There's ways. There's ways. Yeah. But you gotta That's get actually- out there. Like when I think back to Grace and I, you know, that was one of the first things. Grace was a connector because she was naturally wanting to talk to people, but would go to our meetings and find people that were quietly 
kind of hanging out in the shadows and say, come here, I have someone to introduce you to. You don't have to do it all at once. Right. So I I love that you shared that we're always working on this ourselves. And I know a lot of women in our community are as well. So now we're going to shift gears a little bit because you are now working, you're still with Mabel's labels, but working in a different capacity. So I want to talk about office life because a lot of the women that listen to our podcast are also in careers. They're not all entrepreneurs. So with everyone returning more and more to the office at this point and employers are doing hybrid work environments, I'd love for you, if you can share, you know, to share how Mabel's is dealing with that with employees, you know, spike of mental health um, issues. And how does office life fit in your life right now? Is that something new? Yeah. So um, we have um, the Mabel's Labels headquarters, which is a 14,000 square foot facility where we make our labels. It's where our IT, customer service, marketing, finance, everybody lives there. Um, But because Mabel's Labels was started by four moms, um, we knew that we could be very productive at very non-traditional times. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, was doing business plans during play dates and nap times and changing diapers and changing the world at the same time, yeah. as we women do. Um, yeah. So we've never really been all that big on like presenteeism. Like we don't um, we don't manage people by like how long or evaluate their performance by how many hours their butt is in a chair at our mm-hmm. HQ um, because, well, like it's actually lazy management. Like I'd rather like have goals and if people are meeting their goals, then that's, that's what counts. Right. And I also don't want people like at, at the office and like pretending they have a dentist appointment because they want to go to their kid's Christmas concert, like go yeah. tell us about it. Like we don't, like we don't want any of that toxic stuff. So we were already sort of well set up. People come to the office sometimes they work from home sometimes, whatever suits them. If they have to do a, you know, a school pickup, then work from home that day, whatever. Like as long as you're getting your work done, if you're not, well, we've got a problem. Right. Yeah. Um, and you probably don't belong at Mabel's labels. You're probably not a fit for our culture and don't fit with our core values. So then we would exit somebody who doesn't, you know, work, meet their goals, but it's not based on their about being in a seat. So interestingly, when COVID hit, it was funny watching all these companies scramble and they're like, yeah. we got to get everybody laptops and oh my gosh, they don't know how to work remotely and blah, blah, blah. And we were like, Hey, it's our time to shine. We know how to do this. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So, we done that. Yeah. We're like, we're okay. So it was really, it was, it was really cool how we just kind of slid into it. And actually, you know, some people do love working in the office, especially, you know, some of the people who have kids and like, ah, you know, the kids were, the kids were at home and, and, you know, maybe, you know, one of the spouses was helping in the homeschooling and they're like, I need a quiet day at the office. I need to get out yeah. of this place. So again, that sometimes it depends on how people work. Right. And they can, they can make that choice. But actually right now, Mabel's is in the middle of a huge renovation, like <laughs> huge. So I can't even go in, in the office right now. Like I, are all my files are like offsite in some storage facility. So, oh, wow. you know, but generally speaking, I go to the office, like I would say like a couple times a week, once or twice a week, um, you know, in the COVID times, obviously I was home um, mm. pre-COVID. I'm usually in Toronto a bit, or I was traveling a lot, right? Like yeah. I traveled a lot for work. And that was actually another kind of reason the book came about because I found some time. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't getting on planes. I wasn't hanging out at airports. I was grounded, right? So I thought if I don't write this book now, when? So 
you know, 60% of women took up a side hustle during the pandemic. So my book was my side hustle. I love it. It's a good side hustle. That's a good one. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great. It was great to get it done. And I really felt like something came out of, came out of the COVID other than a lot of quality time with my humans. (laughs) (laughs) So now do you feel like you've got this empty hole because the book is, is is complete or like, no, you know what? It's funny. I don't, because there's so much PR that goes around it, you know? Okay. So now, now it's like, okay, pitching TV and doing lots of podcasts and da, 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 like doing all that stuff. So there's a whole yeah. like PR thing around the book. Um, I do. So that's going on, but it is, there's, there's a lot of relief. There is a lot of relief, but also now like, Travel's picking up. So just this month I was in LA for the mom 2.0. I was in Calgary speaking at the wine women wellness conference. Like it's starting to, to ramp up again. So I think that gap is going to get filled again pretty quickly. Now, but what is on the horizon for you? Any big plans coming up? Like any, anything that's super excited about? You know, not really. I mean, I think I'm just riding this for a little bit. I feel um, I've just had a really crazy month of, I mean, you know, of, hosting events and emceeing mm-hmm. events and organizing fundraisers and being community champion and speaking at shows. And it's been, you know, it's been a crazy month. So I just think, uh, you know, I'm going to just take a deep breath, uh, get a little grounded here. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I, like I said, like you said, to your point, you know, Mabel's Labels was sold five years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm really still with the five years I know. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? Wow. Wow. I know. I know that's not say. And so, and I'm just, uh, I'm still loving what I do and, you know, I, and, and what I do looks a little different. I mean, I'm still obviously on the management team. I'm a senior director. Um, I provide a lot of guidance and mentorship that way, but I'm not, I'm not really involved operationally. Like I could make a label to save my life. And, and that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Like if I was in there getting in the weeds, making labels, we got a problem. This is 19 years in. I haven't been able to make a label for a decade. Good. You know, eventually if you're working so much in the business, you're not working on the business. And, yeah. and that's, that's a real problem for entrepreneurs that we get in the weeds and we want to do all the things. And, and then that I find impedes growth. So yeah. I would advise our listeners to make sure that you're, you're taking time to do big picture stuff. Yeah. Big picture stuff. I'm going to hashtag that. So Big many takeaways stuff. from here. I've got yes. so many. I always have so many notes after speaking with you. <laughs> like there's just, you just empower everyone. I love it. You just empower us all to do more, not in a bad way, but like in terms of taking on more, but just us, giving us permission to let go of some of that. Yeah. And you know, like that craze, like that is like, everybody's like, what is your secret sauce? And it really is that. I just don't take myself so seriously. Like my house will be a mess or I'll be like, whatever, I'm okay. Like, what about, what do I want to be remembered for? Do I want to be remembered for my stove being perfectly clean and perfect dinners and all that? No, I want to be remembered for what you just said, Grace. Thank you. Oh, that's amazing. I see you. You're living up to it. I love it. I love it. This is good stuff. Some rapid fire questions for you. There's so much more that I want to ask you. Like we haven't even talked about your advocacy work and the volunteer stuff. So we'll just have to have you back. Well, well, yeah, I have to come on back on. And you know what? Like that would be, I would love, I love the topic of how, um, you know, women leaders and women CEOs are 
their companies are far more philanthropic. And that, yeah. this is why we need more women in yes. leadership positions. Yeah. So that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Okay. I want for to now, conversation. Fire, for yeah. now, get the interrogation spotlight on me and let's do this fire. What do you call it? Okay. Rapid, like fire. Fire. Rapid, Rapid fire. fire. Yeah. Yeah. So just okay. say the first thing that comes to your mind, basically. Okay. They're not super pressure filled questions. It's just for, you know, just thought providing. Okay. okay. Ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and I'm going to fire away with the first one. Okay. In the quiet moments, where does your mind wander to? Quiet moments? Oh, gosh. I don't know that I have quiet moments. (laughs) I was just going to say, maybe I should not start. Yeah, like, I'm not, look, to be honest, I'm not one of these, like, meditation, yoga, like, I love just I love the hustle all the time. And I do not, I say that, but I'm not like, I know that there's a problem with the hustle culture and feeling like people have to go all the time, but I'm literally that person who loves it. And, you know, I'm, I'm the, if you want to get something done, ask a busy person to do it. Mm -hmm. So my mind is always going, I do also think I may have just skimmed, been skimmed by the ADD bullet. Like just, Mm -hmm. I think it's just nicked me. So mine's always going, um, so not a lot of quiet moments. You know, I don't go for massages. I don't do the things that a lot of people do to relax. I find my relaxation in other ways. And that's okay. I've accepted that about myself. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Good answer. What's your favorite app? Oh, I love my social media apps. You know, like for me, um, <clears throat> social media has had such a big impact in our business. You know, when we started 19 years ago, there was no social media and Mabel's labels, everybody heard about it through word of mouth, the the school drop-offs out of the soccer field. Once Facebook came around, like, man, then it was a vehicle for word of mouth and the moms own it. You know, so we created a huge community. We have over 200,000 Facebook fans, over 100,000 Instagram followers, because that is where the moms are. So we love our social media. It helps us build community and it helps us stay connected. Come on, that. When was the last time you did something for the first time? Oh, wow. That's a great one. Um well, you know what? The the thing that's, I'm, I'm sure there's others, but there is something that comes to mind, but it was just pre-COVID. So, I mean, I did a lot of things. I've done a lot of things, since, but the thing that comes to mind is that I tried scuba diving oh. and um, <clears throat> yeah. And I realized that my claustrophobia is next level. I couldn't do it. I had to stay at the surface. No. As soon as I went down, I got so claustrophobic. So everybody else was going down the bottom and looking at the things. I was just scooting along the top about a foot under the water. <laughs> But you still did it. I still did it. And I still loved it. And I didn't get back on the boat. I still did my thing just at the surface. Yeah. Oh good for you. That's good. <laughs> now, of all the places you could travel in the world, where would be your favorite or where is your favorite place to go? Oh, there's oh, so, so, so many. But right now I'm actually thinking of taking the kids to Ireland because I have a lot of family there and they've never been. I went there just pre-COVID for a big family reunion. My grandmother was one of 21. My great-grandmother had 21 babies. So wow. my grandma was one of those. Uh, she reared 17 of them and four died in infancy. So you can imagine then like, you know, how many cousins there yeah. are. Oh yeah. Right. So uh, we have so, so much family over there. So I would love to get over there and all my, like all my uncles own pubs and it's super yeah. fun and it's in they own farms. So I would, I would love to go there and take the kids. Cause they, like I said, they haven't been, well, <gasps> actually someone is babies, but no, no one remembers. It'd be a great age to go now. 
That would be a trip. Oh, Wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, that would be a good one. All right. If we could go back and meet little Julie, what was she like? Well, much the same as big Julie. Um, in fact, this is wild. So my mom kept journals of us as infants. And uh, when I was three months old in the journal, it said, Julie demands a lot of attention. She doesn't like to go to sleep because she never wants to miss out on the action. Oh my gosh. And literally like that is, and it's so funny because my sister, Mare, who I told you edited my book, Mare's a year older than me. And Mare's an introvert. Like she's no kids. She'll come to my house and be like, I need two days to recover from all the energy you people sucked out of me. (laughs) So, and, and, and her, and my mom's journal reflects that of Mare too. Like, and Mare was a late talker and still she only talks when she has something to say. So it was my mom took her to the doctor and they're like, oh, she'll talk when she wants to. Don't worry. She does not have a speech issue like this. is, And so it's funny. Like, so my mom is convinced we are born with our personalities. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So little Julie is just like big Julie. I love it. Yeah. Do you have a favorite TV show right now? Oh, um, okay. So right now we just, me and the kids just binged Heartstopper. Oh, you guys. Oh, yeah. it's so good. So good. So it's an English show about this um, boy in high school and he develops a crush on his friend who's a rugby player. And there's a whole bunch of self-discovery and there's a whole, oh, yes. it's just so wonderful. So yes, I would recommend everybody watch Heart Stop with your kids. Stop. Oh, okay. okay. Where did you watch that on? What was it on? Netflix? It was on Netflix. Oh, is yeah. it? Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I will look All right. That. Yeah. We're going to close with one last question. You ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. What do you wish more women would do for themselves? Wow. Yeah. There's a big list. Um, But I would say I would, um, I'm going to say two things. I wish women, it's, I guess it's not do for yourself as in like, you know, go for a massage or get your nails done. It's a, I I want women to be more, um, sort of financially uh, literate. Um, I want them to earn their own money and keep their own money mm-hmm. and have their own bank accounts. Um, and I also want to encourage women to, if they have a partner, to really communicate about how to run a, domest- uh, a democratic household um, so that you're not carrying, we know statistically women are still carrying the emotional, mental, and physical load of parenthood. Mm-hmm. And, and it's exhausting. And it's it's just all those things that catch up with you, like filling out the school forms, booking the dentist appointments, buying the birthday presents for the kids, you know, going to a birthday party on the weekend, all that stuff that just, you know, uh, you know, emailing with the teacher, that stuff is, uh, you know, we do a lot of the default parenting, a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know what, if that's, if that's wearing you down, you got to talk to your partner and start, start running a more democratic household. So yeah, make your money, earn your money, save your money. Um, If you're a stay-at-home mom, make sure that you also um, are getting a chunk of change to put in your own account so that you get your own little nest egg going. He can give you that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Love that. Oh my gosh. You have been incredible. So insightful and just love it. So many takeaways. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you both for your ongoing support over, not just about this book, but over the years, this has been awesome. Always collaborating with you guys. What you've built is incredible and you help so many women. I'm just so glad to be a small part of it.
You're a huge part of it, actually. And we appreciate and right back at you because right from the early days, you've always been there cheering us from the side with pom-poms, you know, (laughs) and we appreciate it. So um, I hate that we have to say goodbye, but honestly, Julie, you've given us so much to give back to our listeners. So if you're out there and you're listening and Julie inspired you today, you know, revolution. Yeah. First number. Yeah. Number one, get the book, go find it. Uh, like a mother by Julie Cole. And if you know any other women that would be equally inspired by Julie or any of our other guests, please feel free to share this podcast, share revolution. Her, we are all about community and collaboration. So we only grow when all of us grow together. So please go on share, like review. And until next time, Take care of you. We can't wait to talk again with you and and have you join us. So from all of us, Grace, myself, Julie, thank you so much for listening and we will see you again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.